really like that's almost like a set of values or a mission statement from a project, I think is almost the way forward rather than like a roadmap, because I don't know what does a roadmap really mean? What constitutes a roadmap? Welcome to Airdrop, the show that'll help you understand what NFTs are, how to use them, how they work, and all that good stuff. My name is Rawion, and I'm here with my big buddy, Phosphorus, and today we're talking to Brett, or as most of us know him on the internet, Eli Herf, about what it was like to take over the NFT project Stacks Parrots. Brett is a stand-up guy, and this is actually our second conversation with him. Stacks Parrots was originally started by two guys from Malaysia who were just trying stuff out with NFTs. When Brett found them, they needed a little bit of help communicating, so he became a part of the team. And then eventually the founders were like trying new things. They wanted to do something else. And the obvious person to take over the project was Eli Herf himself. So today we're going to ask the question, what is an NFT project? We're going to go over why maybe having a roadmap isn't the best idea. And lastly, we're going to talk about how working from your values is the best way to drive value to your holders. And a whole lot more. In this episode, we can really hear how Brett has a sense of values with which he runs Tax Parrots. There's like a sense of integrity in his communication, a lot of under-promising and over-delivering. And I'm sensing there's a lot of inclusion and an appreciation of art that really goes with being a Stax Parrots holders. Because uh, as we'll go into the episode, Stax Parrots, they do quarterly raffles of one-on-one art from artists around Stax and beyond. We at Airdrop also want to have a sense of inclusion, and you can help us with that by rating and reviewing the show. With every review, it helps another person on the interwebs find us. You can also find us on Twitter. Make sure you post a screenshot of this episode, so let us and Brett know that you're listening to this conversation. You can find us on Twitter at Airdrop Show. All right, let's drop in. All right, so we got Brett Hersko on the podcast today to talk about Stax Parrots, but you've heard Brett before. You've heard Brett on our episode about community management, where I only knew him as Eli Herf, but now I get to know you by your full name, Brett. I know, I know. Do we do we stick with Eli Herf? My name is Brett Hersko, fully doxxed, as everyone knows, but no one knows me as Brett, and it weirds people out, I think, when people call me Brett. So more than happy to stick with Eli or Eli Herf or Dude or all of those things that people use in crypto, sir. Nah, don't go with sir. All right, well, we can, we can definitely stick with Brett. Okay, let's do it. So last time on the show, and of course, if you haven't listened to the episode, please go back and listen. We usually ask the question, what is an NFT? But for this, I want to switch it up a little bit. So Brett, can you explain to me in the most simple language possible what an NFT project is? It's a great question. And I guess there are so many different types of projects. Uh, I can come at it, I guess, from the Stacks Parrots angle. I guess it's a way, it's almost like a membership to a community and then a way for a community to be engaged with each other, to feel a part of something, to own something, and then they can prove that ownership that helps them belong to that community. And then potentially, depending on the project, you know, be rewarded in different ways or, you know, have other exciting opportunities or perhaps go with utility, which, you know, has got a million different meanings in NFT projects. But yeah, it's a way for people to belong to a place or just like they would in 
let's call it like IRL, like in real life, people belong to a, a golf club or a football club or a dance club. And the the token or the NFT is the way that they belong to those places. And then in an NFT project, there might be, you know, many different benefits for holding that NFT. So when you're talking about a project versus just say one of one art, because I feel mm. like those right now in 2022, these are our two camps that we have. We don't have any more camps and I'm sure they're coming for sure. I agree. However, with one of one art, you're like buying NFTs for the art. The art is the utility. There may be other benefits depending upon what that is. But if you're doing a project, you're probably releasing multiple NFTs at one time. And your goal is to create that community aspect to which you can, the founder could reward later. Is that is that what I'm picking up? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's really important that people do collect or join into an NFT project for the right reasons. There are a lot of people obviously who who buy in because they just think that that one will go up and then they'll flip it and that's fine. Those people are always going to exist and I suppose economies are always built on buying and selling. So that's volume and that's how it is. But when you think about art, I buy a lot of art only NFTs and art is art. Art and music and literature have been around for hundreds of years and are going to, you know, survive on for hundreds of years as well. But I suppose communities have been around for that amount of time as well. And an NFT project is perhaps just like an invitation into a community. And so I really love buying an NFT to join into a project, for example, like Stacks Parrots, which I'm part of the team and, and project lead for, but say another project that I'm part of, perhaps it's because I love the art and the art's definitely an attraction. I really like nice art to be part of that NFT project as well. But then also the community aspect of it. So for example, like Crash Punks or Megapont in Stacks, you know, they're really fun and strong communities to be a part of where you can connect with really interesting people. And that's, you know, some of the places that you and I had met at the very start of all of this as well. So you can make beautiful connections with people. The people aspect of this is really interesting in a way that I think that connection and the fact that you can connect with anyone from around the world at any time, and you and I were joking off air about, you know, it's always GM somewhere in the universe is kind of a cool thing. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is always GM somewhere, which is why I feel okay saying it all the time, even if it's Same. not morning. So you brought up a good point, And I just want to clarify, we kind of talked about this off air. So I want to bring it back up. But like, do you think an NFT project, when I look at one, they're usually like, there's a team, we have a mission, we know what we're doing. There's usually a roadmap involved. Whereas with more one-of-one art, it's like, I'm just making art. There's no roadmap. We're just putting my work out there. Do you think a project needs to have a roadmap? I don't, actually. And I think that it's really important to, like what you mentioned then about artists just dropping one-of-one art, you can build a community around that. There are great artists on Stacks, you know, we mentioned before, Boozy, Dr. Suss, there are other artists who have come in and dropped some beautiful stuff who can have a community around them of people who just love their art. And that's like, again, it all sort of relates to the real world. A lot of real world artists will have a community of collectors that help to drive the value of, of their art and who love the art and love the artist behind it. And that's really important as well. So there's like similarities and differences. And so to go back to that point, I think the word roadmap and metaverse and those sorts of words are all a little bit overused. I think every project has a different roadmap or a different kind of set of values or mission or things that they'd like to achieve. And obviously, they're things that might attract a buyer or a person into that community. 
But I don't think it's the be all and end all. I think really strong community at the end of all this, and particularly in a big bear market like we are now, are the most important things because you want to be in a community where you feel safe and where you feel valued and where you do want to be there and where you feel like you can connect um, with people because that was like what I was alluding to before. Obviously, you know, perks are great and that's not to say at Stacks Parrots we haven't had lots of perks, but it's, it, I can explain it after, but it, a lot of it's been organic. We, we weren't over-promising anything. We weren't saying we're going to deliver X and Y and Z and that's why, you, you know, you must buy a parrot. It's like, this is what we offer. And if that sort of speaks to you, then great. And if it doesn't speak to you, then that's fine. I think, you know, there's a project for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when I look at Stacks Parrots outside looking in, you guys seem like you have a very strong knit community. When you look at organizations or communities or people gathered together, the strength in the network is what really makes something valuable. Like not yeah. monetarily, but like in a value, it brings value to the person, whatever that may be. And I'm seeing that in Stacks Parrots, even just outside looking in when I, when I look at the project, because it's more about human connection than it is about anything else. It is, I agree. And that's the thing we've really gone for is really the crux of it. It's an NFT project, but it's also been art-based as well. So it's community-based and it's art-based. So for holding a 2D and a 3D parrot, you get the chance to win in a raffle these collab one-of-ones, which has been a beautiful thing because I've been able to make really nice partnerships and connections with other artists and other projects who have been kind enough to create a one-of-one, you know, parrot in their artistic style. And that doesn't bring utility. It just is like a rare digital collectible that's a really cool piece of art. I feel like we're in that nice middle ground of being really strong in terms of community and being tight-knit, but then also just giving the the opportunity for for cool art. And yes, it's parrot-based, but parrots are cool. (laughs) They're an amazing animal. I could name lots of them, but, you know, there's been a, a Megapont parrot, and there's a wasteland parrot from Project Indigo, and that you know there's a Bitcoin monkeys parrot, and there's parrots made by artists from outside the Stacks ecosystem. We just had World Parrot Day, which was hilarious. I didn't know that it existed until I took over at the Stacks Parrots. But World Parrot Day was on May 31. We had Jess Greenwalt, who's known as Destiny. She does this amazing Destiny Sebs collection. She is a, a really big parrot person, so she she came across us really organically. She's, you can look her up. She's a very interesting person, but she does this beautiful artwork and she chibifies or she calls them cute fat babies. And she made these cute fat baby parrots, you know, for parrot holders as part of World Parrot Day and some parrot holders won them. And then through her, I met this beautiful um, photographer called Jason Matthias. I hope I pronounced his surname correctly, who had these absolutely stunning photos of parrots. And he was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I, one, I'm super interested in Stacks, so that was really cool. Like all of this networking is great for the Stacks ecosystem, which is something that I'm really for at Stacks Parrots as well, because it's really helping to sort of connect people, but also bring people in, I hope, and artists. Going back to Jason, you know, just bringing art, bringing cool photography as opportunities for parrot holders. So none of this was in our so-called roadmap, but it's something that they know that I'm always working hard to, and the team as well, there's a team with me as well you know, to bring unique opportunities to parrot holders, but it's not like perhaps things that other people sort of look for in a roadmap to start with to go and buy, you know, not saying that staking and things like that are a bad thing. I think if they're executed really well, that's fantastic, but it's just not something that we 
ever wanted to promise or will, you know, will promise from the parrots. Because I think that, like I said before, every project brings something different and a different place and a different feel. So I, I guess where I'm heading with that is it's also super important to be super transparent, super black and white saying, this is what we are going to offer and we can deliver this. And we've shown that we've delivered this. And I could go on about that. You can, you know, prompt that if you like, but I, as this space grows and particularly through a bear market, I think that that is going to be so important. It's like knowing what you're going to get, knowing why you want to be part of a community, having really clear goals. That's why I really like that's almost like a set of values or a mission statement from a project, I think is almost the way forward rather than like a roadmap, because I don't know what does a roadmap really mean? What constitutes a roadmap? I think if teams are delivering on things and consistently moving forward and providing a beautiful place to people to come and hang in the discord or, or not, because not everyone wants to, and that's totally fine as well, is really important too. So I went on a bit of a ramble there, but I hope that was clear. No, no, you hit on something really good. And I, you, you could hear it when you're listening to you. It's like there's a set of values that stacks parrots kind of embodies, right? There's the, there's the appreciation of art, but there's also the inclusion of bringing people to stacks and you're bringing people in and you're also helping other people within the community grow and learn as well. And there's a thread that you can kind of see that I think is more valuable than a roadmap. As Alexander from Blocks would say, you have a that compass, that North Star that's going to guide you through. And if you're listening right now and you're thinking, oh, crap, what are my values? We have a document in the description. We can just look it up. We'll walk you through it step by step. And if you have any questions, obviously just reach out on Twitter at Airdrop Show. We'll see your DM and we'll walk you through it. No problem. That was my little shill mid-podcast. No, but I like Brett, it. It's important to say. It is because as, as more and more projects are coming in, I only want success for these projects, right? It's already a gutsy move coming into this. And I want to set projects up to succeed. And we're going to have to start with the basics. And we're going to have to go back to the beginning, even if you're already released, and go through what are your core values? What do you stand for? Because otherwise, you're going to be working on things that actually don't serve what your core values are. And then you've wasted a bunch of time and money. And we actually don't have time for that, especially in the market now. So we want to set you up right. And so, yeah, that's the thing. Airdrops will will help you work through your core values. But I want to talk about Stacks Parrots. Last time we had you on the podcast, we talked about community management. It was super good. And it's probably our most listened to podcast at the moment. And it's it's got the most views on YouTube because people want to know, how do I get into NFTs, which is great. But I want to talk about Stacks Parrots. So Brett, I'm going to ask you, I know you can do this, to go back to the beginning how you found Stacks Parrots, what they're doing, and how you ended up taking over the project. Yeah. So it's a funny story. I, I'm actually in the midst of writing the second part of the blog. I wrote a blog on Seigel and, you know, Seigel's a really cool part of Stacks as well. So it was all the way back. Sounds like I'm an old man. Back in my day. So all the way back in... Crypto time is funny like that. Yeah, crypto could have been 10 years ago in crypto time. It's a cliche, but it's true. All the way back in kind of October, I think was around the time that Megapont might have done their mint. And I, I was lucky enough to be on their whitelist and I, and I minted my five and they boomed and I, I, you know, I sold one early and did pretty well. So I was like, Oh, I've got all these stacks. I'm going to go buy something. Luckily I held some of my apes, but that's a different story. So I had all these stacks and I was like, Oh, cool stacks parrots. I'm going to go. I, I just like the art you know? And I was like, oh, I'll just mint some of them. And I minted them. And then I had this 
this feeling of like, oh, I did no research. I don't know what this project's about, which is fine. If you like the art, that's a, that's the first part. You know, that's a really important part. And I did. I just found these 2D parrots kind of silly and funny and cute and smoking parrots is kind of really memey. Um, and yeah, well, I was on Discord and I thought, oh, okay, they don't have a Discord. Okay. I, I jumped on their Twitter and I noticed perhaps the way that they were communicating or the way that their Twitter, you know, the, the announcements and things they were making need a little bit of work. And so I explained in my previous episode, thanks for having me back, by the way, it's a real pleasure. I explained in the previous episode that my, you know, my history was as a, as a teacher. So I was in education for about 10 years before I've actually moved full time into the space now working for Gamma. So that's a different story, which is really awesome. But yeah, I, so I'd had this background in education. So I'd had a big background in obviously communication, teaching, you know, high level of like English skills, community management, because a school is a giant community. You've got teachers, you've got students, you've got families, you've got other schools in your network. I could go on. And I had a lot of these transferable skills to come into this space and be able to bring those skills and use them effectively, you know, in Web3 or in NFTs or whatever we want to call it. I'd used these skills actually previously in another Ethereum project. I kind of helped them to sort of scale and get off the ground because, again, they were based out of France. And so, again, it's fine because the English wasn't their first language, but they were just having a little bit of trouble communicating effectively and clearly and getting their point across because, well, we can talk about it after. There are a lot of non-English speakers in the space, but... First off, I guess the communication is in English. So I just wrote to the Stacks Parrots founders and I let them know about my experience with that project on Ethereum called Cosmo Dinos. And they were like, oh, wow, please, like, please help us. We need your help. Like, we're more than happy to bring you on. They were really great, really great guys, a guy called Andy and a guy called Peter. They ne they wanted my help because they actually did pretty well. They, they released 888 parrots, which we then afterwards burned down to 402 because there are approximately 402 species of parrot in the world. Um, so I just thought, you know, that's a fun number. Let's do that. So they actually minted through their first 170-odd parrots quite quickly. I think people were just sort of minting everything back then. and But then it just stopped. And I said to them, look, I think a big thing, and obviously you know me, is community is so important. And at the moment, it's going to be very hard to finish this mint or to move forward without some kind of roadmap or direction. Let's call it a direction. And without a community. So I, I had, you know, these skills in Discord and community management and community growth and sort of ability to communicate effectively on Twitter and really help get them, you know, the word out there and market it, but, you know, in an organic way. So they were stoked. They said, yeah, great. And we, we came to an agreement. So I became if you like, like 33.33% of the team. You can call me co-founder. I just went by like project lead, but my title's irrelevant. I became one of the team. And yeah, we set up a Discord and we got the community going. I, I built all of these sort of partnerships and networked and connections with people within Stacks. And then we reduced the collection because I just thought for a small project, and I, I, I really love scarcity as well. I think a lot of projects go for big numbers and we've seen in Stacks that there's been some projects that have had to like bring their numbers down or burn their numbers down. And I think that that's okay. And it's a great move when they do, but I just thought, let's go, let's burn, let's burn the 888 down to 402. I also, you know, got a couple of extra team members in. So one of them's still with us, Pekabar, or his name is Raul. We're all doxed. Actually, three out of the four of us are doxed and the fourth member, you know, 
people know and he's advocated for. But, you know, so I brought them in and we, and we got, we got it going and we built it up and, 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 and we mince it out and it was great. And we didn't rush it. It still didn't mince out quickly or anything. And I think like that organic mince out, like what Nonish are doing is great. They're sticking to their plan. They're not worrying that it's not mincing. You know, I think that that's a real green flag for a project. I think a rushed mint or feeling like you have to mint out is not always a good thing. Yeah, it can be. And perhaps it's good for short-term price action, but I think like sustainable growth. And we talked about what's an NFT project. It's like, well, I want an NFT project to be something that I'm still part of in 10 years, 15 years. I don't, you know, you can't put a time on hopefully. it. But yeah, hopefully. Hey, otherwise you and I can do a podcast about what happens to NFTs. Please. I shouldn't have even said it. And yeah, it was great. And we, we, we also did like a free, uh, like an airdrop, the name of your podcast of these other 99 like OG macaws, which were just like for the first 99 people into the discord. And it was just for fun. And it, you know, it was, it, we airdropped it to them. It was free. And it was just like about making people, people feel included and rewarded. And yeah, we grew from there. And, you know, so there became like benefits to holding the parrots and you got these opportunities. Originally it was like hold two of the 2d parrots. And then you got a, a again, a free airdropped 3d parrot. And when we did that mint, so I think in that mint, we only, we have 402 3D parrots. I think we ended up only minting, like paid minting about 202. We airdropped like 200 of them. So we really haven't gone for the stacks. We haven't gone for the money. It's all about, it's been all about community and giving back to people for holding and being part of the community. So, you know, that all of that sort of stuff is just about the long-term growth. We weren't after, you know, short-term money or, or anything like that. It was like people saw that it was genuine and that's, I'm not just sort of like saying it because it's my project. It's what I look for in other projects as well. It's like, how genuine is it? What are the set of values? Am I seeing that the project's not just after my stacks or my Ethereum or my whatever cryptocurrency I'm dealing with? And I think that that's really important. I think that's really important now and moving forward and in this bear market and who knows how long it'll last that like hats off to projects like Rehab Resort and Vaping Apes and stuff for still just persisting and dropping in this market because it shows that they're not just after the stack, so to speak. They're happy to, to mint and make less and show that they're here to build. So I, I think that like as the space evolves and matures, those sorts of things are going to start speaking to people more. And so, yeah, after that, we minted out the, the 3D parrots and that was really fun and the community was was great. And then for holding a a 2D and a 3D parrot, this is why it's all sort of art and community-based. I've made all these, I mean, really spoiled, you know. I mentioned before about a Megapunk parrot and a Wasteland parrot and a Crash Punk parrot and a Bitcoin Monkeys parrot and then parrots made by people from outside the ecosystem and a Staculance parrot and it's all on our website But and who we've collabed with and also on our, our server. We have a channel where we have all of our partners and it lives there and it's right at the top of the server. So we're really showing that we're part of the community and celebrating all of our partners who've, you know, provided a one of one for us, you know, they live in our server and we, you know, promote them. So we're all about trying to get our community to go out and visit their projects and their art as well, you know? And so, yeah, for holding a 2D parrot and a 3D parrot, you get one entry into the raffle to win these, you know, collab one of ones. And if you hold two 2Ds and two 3Ds and you get two entries into the raffle and we hold a raffle every, at the end of every quarter. I really do all of this to just try and make it a great experience for the community. And that, you know, that's my ethos, really. I really try and push that and help it sort of shine through in the Stacks Parrots. And, and I think that's why it resonates with a lot of people and people like being there and feel comfortable being there and being themselves. And there's no pressure 
to come into the server and be there and grind or do any of that stuff that can happen in other sort of projects as well. Less so in stacks. You see that a lot more in Ethereum, but yeah, that's kind of the vibe that we go for. So lots of fun, really. Okay. So you have 2D parrots and then you have, afterwards you have 3D parrots. Now you have your one of ones that are now gifted to yep. the holders of both a 3D and a 2D, which means you got to buy both. You in know. order to get into this new stuff, right? Yeah. And I've looked at the prices now. They are not cheap to get in to this yeah. little club you have. <laughs> that's that's a fair point. The two, yeah, Which means so you're the, driving value somewhere. I am driving value. So I'm not pretending that I'm not. So the market decides though, don't they? Like That's like with anything, yeah. I guess. There's price discovery for anything. So I think at the moment, the, the 3D parrots are around 75 stacks. And I think the 2D parrots are a touch under 200 stacks. And so... It's like with any project, I guess, you know, you look at Megapunt, it's like there's price discovery and, and the market decides and that's what they, you know, bought for or, or are traded for. So yeah, to, to get in and I guess to be part of it, yeah, it does cost people stacks for sure. But when they do pay that, I think the main point is that I really like am constantly sort of driving to, I guess, reward people for that. So, you know, like, like that World Parrot Day, that wasn't in the, in the roadmap, but it was just like, oh, cool, Road, World Parrot Day exists. Let's, try and get all these opportunities you know alexander so speaking of alexander like he made this amazing generative parrot for world parrot day you know out of the kindness of his own heart and again it was just like airdrop to someone in a raffle levi from from stacks photography guild did the same thing like gave another photo for that so i'm i guess i'm just constantly seeking ways to improve the experience for stacks parrots holders not just me so my team as well so Albert, he's Ciro, he's Albert, Pekaba is Raul, and then EOM Games, who is a new team member who's, I wish I could say, he's building something really cool, which will just be great for everyone on Stacks. But something really cool is coming, you know, for Parrot holders, but I think it will be beneficial for everyone on Stacks, which is great because a big part of like you, we talked about before was that at Stacks Parrots, and I think other projects are doing it too, so I'm not claiming sort of that we're the only ones doing it, are really trying to just grow Stacks because Stacks at the moment is fantastic, but it's still small and it, and it needs to grow. And like what you guys are doing, the more people that come to Stacks, the better for everyone. I think we use the same expression in the last podcast, but the rising tide really lifts all boats. So the people with good intentions, like the good actors are going to be better for everybody. A hundred percent. All right. So I want to get into the story. The original artist and the people that mm. started the project are currently no longer with it, right? No, you're right. And and they were brilliant. They were great guys. They were two guys based out of Malaysia. They're actually older guys. They were in their 50s. So hats off to them for what they tried to do. So cool. You know, they they really, they came to Stacks. They produced the art. They they, they brought something. They, they got out of their comfort zone to do it. But then they realized, obviously... Like with everyone, like I don't have the dev capacity and those other things. That's why like I have my new team members, but they needed some help and they sorted out and they were brave and they took me on. Like they didn't know me. We obviously got to know each other, but we got to a point this year with Stacks Parrots. And I guess the way that we keep saying this term roadmap or the direction that is, it's not, it's not like a high volume project. So we're not pulling in heaps of stacks at all, which is fine, you know? And, but so they needed. So they wanted to be making some money. <clears throat> so they were sort of like looking at other sorts of ventures and they just said, look, we've got X, Y, and Z going on in the background and we don't think that we can really, you know, continue on in a meaningful capacity. And we'd chatted about it. And it was very amicable and very mutual. And I, you know, you know, full disclosure, there was, there was an agreement. We, I paid them some stack and we parted ways, but they were just 
the way it was left and it was, it was sort of beautiful. They, they were very thankful for the experience. They're very thankful for me coming in and helping to drive it and make a project because they are the founders. Like I'm not the founder, like they started Stacked Parrots. I feel like very lucky and the beneficiary of something that I'm now very proud of. And, you know, I hold very dear to my heart, but you know, they, they were very thankful that it was in my hands and were just like, please, you know, keep doing what you're doing and, and, and make us proud because they, you know, they, they still email me and say hello and, you know, see how it's going and think that it's great how it's going. But yeah, look, so it wasn't, they didn't leave or bounce or bail or rug or do anything like that. It was a, that was like a mutual parting of ways. And then I got new team members in. So like I mentioned, Pekabar, who's Raul and Ciro, who's Albert and EOM to help take the, the parrots, I guess, to the, to the next phase or into the future. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. The question I really have is, and we're kind of seeing this now, right? NFTs are still brand new and we're still working out the kinks of how this all works. So what does a a project say you're a part of and it's going great, but the founders, again, and it's, I don't, what's this say? I don't out them. I don't say anything's wrong about wanting to make money and leaving. Mm. However, when you are starting something, if you don't start on the right foot, this can be a problem. And you're probably going to see a lot of projects do this. So how can a community come together and maybe create value to keep a project going to say, if the founders leave, they could maybe buy in and buy. Cause I'm also probably going to see that in the yeah. next six months, we're going to see lots of projects die out, but yeah. that's still a thousand people, 2000 people, 3000 people that are, are still a community. How can, and, and you, I think you're a great example of this because you're a go-getter. You're just there to provide value and help where you can help. So what's your advice to anybody who's a go-getter as well, who wants to provide value? And if a project does... We can say it, rug or bounce. <laughs> yeah, if the founders rug, if they bounce, if they yeah. move on to greener pastures. Yeah, and we let's get, hope it was with good intentions. Let's hope. And sometimes it's not, and sometimes it is. Sometimes and, it is. Sometimes something might have genuinely happened in their life. but And that's why I think that transparency is so important. So from like a founder or a partner or an o a project owner's perspective, if that was ever happening, I think it's, I think it would be remiss of them not to put that out to their community, you know, say, look, this is happening in my life. I, or I don't think I can continue this project or it's causing me too much stress or I'm sick or I just can't handle it anymore. Or what, you know, there's, there would be a raft of reasons, but I think if a project owner or whatever you want to call them is really transparent about that. And that is like a transition or into new ownership on, or, or handing it over to the community, not just saying here, the community you run it, because I think that that has its problems as well, but, you know, doing it in a way that's really that with, with excellent communication and done in a, in a proper way. I think that that's okay. I saw, so he's a stacks member, a community member, a guy called Rubes. He also holds parrots. He did the same thing on Ethereum with a project called crazy Panthers that, he did. He took it over because the the founders wanted to hand the keys over, if you like, and so that was done really well. And I think that that is a good example. And Stack Parrots is a bit of a different example because they didn't just hand it over to me because I was sort of working with them, and then they then they left, and I got a new team. But I think you know, for a community member, if you're starting to feel like that, or if you're interested in perhaps putting that to the founders, I don't think there's any harm in saying, "Hey, look." 
I'd like to do this. What do you think? I think it goes both ways. So a lot of, like you said, being a go-getter, you kind of have to be, you just have to ask the questions. Like I love how you and Rarion say, you know, we're asking the stupid questions, but asking the questions is the best thing that you can do. A lot of the the value or the perks or the rewards of holding parrots is because I've just gone out there and asked people, hey, you know, would you be interested in doing this? No pressure. And if you don't ask, you don't get. And they've been lucky enough. Some some people haven't been able to fit it and that's fine. And I thank them for their time and some people have and and I thank them just as much. So asking questions, putting yourself out there as much as it's not easy is so important. So sort of to answer your, pro- your question more succinctly, it's like, it goes both ways. If you're a project owner and you know you can't continue it, put it out to your community. But if you're a community member and you're interested in being a mod or taking on a community management role or perhaps taking a project over, tell the project owner, you know, voice it to people and they might connect you with certain people. It's how people like, you know, Fitzroy Jenkins and Brick and all these people who have got mod jobs in and around Stacks now is because they asked. So like Brick is a classic example and Traxpers, they said to me, hey, we'd love to be a mod. So now, you know, they mod across the place and because I sort of put in a good word for them. So, but if they didn't ask me, you know, they didn't sort of use that go-getter mentality and ask me, then I wouldn't have known they were interested in it. And so, yeah, asking questions and putting yourself out there as much as it can be a hard thing to do is the way to to do it. And particularly in this space where people want help and most people will take you on or hopefully take you on in, in some capacity if they can. Yeah, it gets me thinking of like, and I don't knock any of these project founders that do move to quote unquote greener pastures. Mm. If you're rugging for like malicious intent, I have a problem. However, like a lot of these people that are starting these projects are very entrepreneurial in nature, right? They're here to test new things, break it as fast as they can. And they're, they're here to try it, right? This is obviously the wild, wild west. This is very new. And yeah, you put it on a project, you're testing things out, da, 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 and all of a sudden you're successful and you're like, oh, I didn't expect this. And it's in their nature to like, all right, we did it once. I want to try to do it better the next time. And just like there are people that start and there are people that manage, people who start businesses and people who manage businesses, it's two different skill sets that you need to do that. And we hope that the founders starting a project are thinking long-term. If, if you're in a project that doesn't, I don't want to say it's on you, but see how you can help. There are different skill sets for different things. And that's the beautiful thing about this space, right? Brett, you're a great example of this is how, how do you, you're a go-getter putting yourself, putting your hat in the ring. This is what my skills are. This is how I can help. Because again, you're not trying to be a dev. You're not trying to come up with new things. Like you're like, I'm here to build community and that's what my role is. That's the beautiful thing about this. There's a, there's a role for everybody in web three. I really do believe that. And we're just trying to match you. Where do you fit in this ecosystem? Because you fit somewhere. And our goal, obviously, is to help as many projects be as successful as possible to help validate this space more. Because I do think in the future, everything will be on chain. And this is the beginning. And we want to set the right pace. And we want to be a good example maybe be yeah. a beacon for people who are looking for like, what is an NFT project? How do I get into NFTs? How are they supposed to be run? And I just want to say hats off to you, Brett, for putting your hat in the ring, showing up and taking with something that could have easily died. It could have easily been a rug. It could have. Yeah. Very and then, easily. And then people would have thought that the founders 
had rugs. And I guess that's why it's important to know, did they, was there a reason, what happened? I did forget to mention one thing. Your point about being a go-getter, it's interesting and about how there is a role for everybody. We talked about it off air and I, I really wanted to make a mention of it was that there's a Stacks community member named Sean and he's kind of like the, I guess, if not the head, he's like kind of like runs a, a I think it's a server, but I think they're on Telegram for um, Mandarin speaking Stacks people from, from Taiwan. A number of them hold NFTs in a bunch of the projects and they hold some of them are Stax Parrots holders. And he wrote to me one day and he said that the Mandarin speaking family, so to speak, do sometimes feel a bit underrepresented. And so he was like a go-getter. He said, hey, can you jump on a Zoom call with me and 10 of my friends who, are, who want to get to know you and want to get to know your story? And it was really cool. It was a little bit like this, but it was a, it was a Q&A. And he, he asked me all about being a community manager and about Stax Parrots and about you know the direction and how does everything work? And he said, you know, a couple of them would really love to just help you out as as a mod. And I thought, absolutely. Like, you know, just giving, you know, having a channel in your server as like the Mandarin speaking channel is not really enough. Like all of the communication is in English, really, like all of my announcements and everything and the team's announcements. And, and it's great. So we have the two community members, Shane and Nicole, who are now like mods and translate and do a lot of stuff for our Mandarin speaking family, we try and reward them when we can. And it just kind of what you were saying then really reminds me of that is like, there is a role for everyone and it is about asking. And then I think that it will speak volumes. I'm not just saying it because, because I did it, but for any project to be like, Hey, let's be more inclusive. How can we get people in? How can we make people feel more a part of this? Because I think if people feel a part of it, then again, that's just better for everybody. It's better for the project. It's better for the projects on Stacks that we're obviously extremely passionate about. You know, it's like what you're doing in, in the airdrop server. You have the create every day. So you're including artists. That's making them a part of what you're doing. You do your, what do you call it on a Friday? Sorry, I went blank. We do happy hours on Friday. Happy hour. That's being inclusive. You know, you're, you're giving everybody a role or that you're making them feel part of the family. And I think like, yes, perks and whatever are going to help projects to you know go up in value but i i still really strongly believe and i know mark from megapont said it when he did his talk at that bitcoin pizza day in brazil that community is still the number one driving factor and i think that as long as projects remember that as well as providing whatever else they can provide that's going to hold them in really good stead and it's going to hold them in extra good stead through you know a crypto wins or a bear market or, or whatever you'd like to call it yeah because there will be winters and there will be summers that's the nature of life and i love what you said because nfts really are global that was one of our big takeaways when we first got into this how international this is right the it's always good morning somewhere in yeah. the nft world because it literally is morning somewhere everywhere it's not just a I love it. not just a phrase and you're right and we it's something we need to do is be more inclusive to our non-English speakers. And there's how do we do that? I don't know. And no, I'm there's okay. There's no golden answer. I'm okay not knowing right now. That's the whole point yeah. of this podcast is to learn. So if obviously if you're listening and you have an idea, reach out at mm. Airdrop Show on Twitter. I'd love to talk to you or drop into the Discord and we can we can obviously chit chat how we can do that because I'm I'm up to learn because, again, I think Eli and I share this. Oh, sorry, Brett. Brett and I share this goal. <laughs> Eli or Brett. People know me as Eli. People freak out when they know we've gone with Brett. <laughs> <laughs> that we, the whole goal is to bring more people in, to show them how this all works, and 
show them that it's, it's not just a scam. It's not just a Ponzi. It's not just here to take your money with the last person standing holding the bag. Like, that's not what we want. That's not where we believe the space is going. Brett, thank you for coming on again and sharing your wisdom about stacks, about NFT projects, and how we can all do a little bit better job. Thank you so much for having me. As always, it's a pleasure. And you guys keep doing what you're doing because I think... You know, it's super important. Hats off to you as well. All right. Last thing, where can people yep. find Stacks Parrots? Where can people get the information? What do they need to do? So where can they find us? On Twitter, it's at Stacks Parrots. Our Discord link is on the, the Twitter. So I think it's whatever that Discord dot forward slash Stacks Parrots. I'm not sure what the, the URL is. I'm at Eli Herf one on Twitter. You can find me there. You can find me across the different servers. But come say hello. Come and see me in the airdrop server whenever. And yeah, it would be a pleasure and we're going to keep growing and keep doing things that we can. And yeah, happy to chat. And like Phosphorus just said, ask the questions, do what the airdrop guys are doing, do what I do, go and ask questions, put yourself out there, meet people. And I think that that's going to be the best thing for everybody. Awesome. Thanks, Eli. Brett saying, oh, so awkward. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to Airdrop. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review the show. We would really, really appreciate it. And yeah, post post about it on Twitter. Tag us at Airdrop Show. Tag Brett at Eli Herf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, if you want to find out more about Brett, or I just have a hard time calling him Brett. He's Eli Herf in my in my heart. If you want to find out more about Eli Herf, there's links in the description. Go check those out. In this episode, we talk a lot about values. If you and your project want help nailing down what your values are, we have a document in the description below that will walk you through step-by-step step how to find this. And obviously, if you have questions, feel free to reach out on Twitter. And remember, the world is changed by your example, not by your opinion. Boom.